0: When I'm talking about living on, that was my giving message, by the way, that was it. Okay, so, um, you're, you're just free. And so, um, yeah, so, uh, a lot of the times people have told us, because Katie and I, we just, our bills get paid by the tithe, That's is what happens, or the giving, or whatever you want to call it. it doesn't have to be 10%. <laughs> okay. Um, tithe means, it's Hebrew means 10. Okay, so, or um, in Greek, um, it means 10. But here's the deal. Katie and I, it pays our bills, and it pays the bills for the church, and we, we grow the church like that. That's what it does. That's it. We don't have any like <laughs> staff. You know what I mean? It's like it's pretty small. Um in fact, usually churches this small <laughs> when I meet pastors of churches this small, they're like, Yeah, dude, you know, it's really hard like juggling a job with, with church, right? And I'm like, You mean like 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 counseling people all week and, and just praying for people and being available and like the service? So they're like, No no no, like like you know, like a job, you know, like like me, like, I sell cars, or me, I do this. And I'm like, no, I don't do that. No, like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm full time, man. My wife and I are full time. We, we can, we are people, like, people around us are our very lives. Like, we literally, that's why we're here. And they're like, oh, no, me too, but you have the same people that I do. And I'm like, I know, man. I, they just give. I don't know. I don't ask. They just give. And so um, uh, I'm just letting you know where it goes. Because a lot of people that are new would have no idea. We don't have like a secret agenda or something. Like, you want to know where we spend our money? I'll be glad to tell you. I have, there's nothing hidden whatsoever. And so um, we're just grateful for that. I think that's more than anything else. We're just grateful. We're just stoked. Regularly, we're like, dude, this is amazing. Really, we'll be sitting on a beach in Santa Cruz, gonna water. I don't think I on that. What the? Like, how does this, this, this whole life is just really incredible? So I want to tell you that um, the implanted word of God. Um, that's really what has moved all of us to get to this point. I hope. I believe. The implanted word of God. Um, what I mean by that is, is when God says, I am going to do this. And then you hold on to it. No matter what natural or earthly wisdom tells you about that. I mean, I'm not going to start pulling up people, but I can tell you that a major chunk of Kairos, like the majority of Kairos, regularly lives in that place. That emotional tension. That emotional courage that, that says, you know what, I have the I have the implanted word of God. I know where he told me to go, and I'm here now. I don't have anything left, like as far as where, where I need to step, but I'm where he told me to go. Yeah. And, and because I have the implanted word, and because I know he's faithful, and because I know that all things work together for good, for me, and because, some of you might not know this, but <laughs> Satan has to ask God's permission before he does anything, book of Job. So what happens is all of a sudden... Nothing happens outside of the covering of God. Like Even like mischief and whatnot in the spirit. It's like, okay, God, you always have a way you can be glorified in this. What is it? I'm in. I'm in. And most of the time, it's just holding on to the implanted word. It's actually just, it's instead of like, what do I need to do? He's like, nothing. Yes. Seriously. It's funny, but I'd say at least half of the people that come to Kairos in the first month or two, for all you new people. <laughs> um, and they usually end up losing their jobs or quitting their jobs. It's really funny to watch. And God is usually giving them a word ahead of time saying, I'm going to bless you abundantly. I'm going to increase your, your metron, your, your spirit of influence, whatever you want to say. And I'm going to fill your coffers to be able to do for others what you have prayed that you'd be able to do. And what happens is is they don't know the part about getting fired or whatever. They just like hear this like God's gonna gonna uproot me and like he's gonna just bless me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they come back three weeks later after telling everybody this, like, you guys, God just told me he's gonna like totally bless me financially and we're all like, yeah. And then three weeks later, they show up and they're like, I just got fired. And what's funny is now at Kairos, it's like a it's a culture thing. Now when people say they got fired, it's not like, oh no, man. Oh, that's heavy. No. It's like, awesome. (laughs) Really. Because a lot of y'all have loyalty issues. And what I mean by loyalty issues is you have loyalty as a strength. You know who I'm talking to, y'all. And what happens is, is a lot of times God is telling you to move on and you won't. Because you're like, no, you know what? I want to be a good worker. I want to be here for these people. I'm prophetically speaking to at least three people and I know that. I don't even know which ones y'all are, but I know that I'm speaking to at least three people. Chris, so cute. Okay, so, okay, Chris is like pointing at people. Okay, so, um, the prophet of the room. (laughs) um, Okay, so, what happens is you loyalty folks, God is like, get out. Of the land of Uz, and you're like, no, but I'm totally like, I'm totally hanging out, like, like I'm helping these people in Babylon, like, like God, I just want to be a good steward. And he's like, did I ask you to be a good steward of that right now, or be a good steward of what I'm saying right now? Okay, because he could give a rat's anus if you are selling cars, or you're literally hanging out at home playing video games, tripping because he's just having you rest and he's blessing. Amen. Right? It's true. Yeah. I got an amen from the guy that I was talking about. Okay, but <laughs> look. Listen. There is just, it's actually about him, yeah. And so, um, look. That's when I said, amen when I said Okay, and so, you guys, this is what the kingdom is all about. You, if you try to find a blueprint, the second you do, you trip over it.
1: Yeah. Oh. Because he
0: doesn't want you to have a blueprint. Because you know what that is? It's protective. Yeah. It's, I don't want to deal with the tension emotionally and the emotional courage of not knowing. Take your blueprint and do this. And I know some people that do that do this too. And this is this is really important. I know I'm prophetically talking here. I'm just confronting stuff. Whatever. It's all in love. Okay, we all go through this crap. It's not like and you. We all have either gone through this, are going through this, or are going to go through it. Yep. Hallelujah. Yep. Come on. Okay. So. All right. So here's the deal. You you. You you get this thing. God says, "I want you to do this one thing," and then it's like, "Okay, nothing exists but this one thing." God's never going to change his mind. I'll be doing this forever. Aren't you glad Abraham didn't do that when God told him to slay his son? Hmm. Are you glad? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, can you imagine? He's like, he's like, no angel, you're a demon because God told me to. It's like that'd be a really horrific story, you know. Now, Paul didn't say that, that that Abraham believed to such a degree that he knew that God would actually raise his son from the dead, which is actually why he did that. Don't let anybody else fool you. The Bible is very clear. The Bible actually says why Abraham would have done that. It had nothing to do with his love or not love for his son. It had nothing to do with his doubts and his fears and all this other thing. It had to do with him knowing the promise was so intact that he'd even be willing to slay the very source of it because he knew that God can never lie. He will always back up through sense. Wow! Right? Okay. Now, what that means, though, is he had to change the direction of what he thought God was doing the minute God showed up and changed it. That's what that means. So that means that Zach like gets this like incredible job in Rancho Cordova. Um, like two years ago. <laughs> Sorry, problem with Rancho Cordova. Now the people in Rancho Cordova, just how the city's laid out and the weird spiritual covering over it. And, God bless rancher product. Okay. So he had to drive there every day, and it was rough. So he's doing that, he's got this job at this, at this um, uh, elevator company, and he didn't have any elevator experience. Like, who has elevator experience? And so, but somehow God, like, totally shows up and blesses him crazy financially. But you know what happened before all of that, you guys? He was taking out credit card after credit card after credit card, paying off stuff and whatnot. And you know what? Some of you were like, well, I don't know if that's a uh, wise brother, Brian. Uh, I don't, you know, look, look, I'm telling you this what is the beginning I'm asking what is the beginning of wisdom fear Fear of the Lord now what you can do is every time you hear God feared or fear of the Lord in the Old Testament you can then bring it into the new one and either say loved or trusted okay that's that's a nice okay so the trust and love of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because it always looks really stupid on the outside when you finally decide you know what God you're asking me to do this I'm going to do it Not, I want this to happen because then it seems like it would be your will and it would be easier. Hmm. That's not not what I'm talking about. I mean, when you get the implanted word. And if he hasn't spoken yet, you're either A, talking about something he's not really wanting to talk about, that's off subject, or you just don't need to know. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) If God is not speaking to you, or at least you can't hear him, either A... (laughs) Either A, oh, I'm just going to just do it backwards. If God's not speaking to you, it's either A, you are actually talking about something he's not wanting to talk about. He's like, that's not what we're talking about. I'm trying to tell you that we're going to Disneyland. And you're trying to tell me that you don't have enough candy. <laughs> you know, uh, I have a feeling if you're at Disneyland, you're going to be a lot more stoked than this little candy that you want. And that's what he's telling most of us, actually. You're upset with me because I'm not giving you this very thing that you think you need or want. The Korean mom, she's like, oh, nah, you're coming with me. Okay, check this out. Most of us are upset because we don't have the candy. We're playing with like, like C.S. Lewis's perfect analogy. He said, okay, come back you guys. Oh, no, I know, it's a kid, it's a child, he's, he's cute. Because I'm speaking to some of y'all, and some of y'all that are laughing need to hear it, which is why I'm saying let's come back. If it was the people that were that needed to hear it, that were like, and everybody that was like, I don't need to hear it, so laughing would be different. But you know like, I'm saying? I'm just protecting the revelation that can help. You know what I mean? All right, that's good. I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> like, okay. So
2: um, what happens is a lot of
0: us, what we're saying is, I want this one thing. And this is going to make you the happiest. And just like C.S. Lewis said, I love this. He said, how we deal with God a lot of times is like this. We're like a little child in the gutter of a really horribly dirty slum. And we're taking all the dirt and putting it into the water coming out of the gutter. And we're making mud pies with it. When God wants to take us to a day at the beach. And we reject the day at the beach because we think this is as good it can get. And I want to say for us, this is a word of the Lord for some of us. He's actually straight up speaking this to you, whoever you are, especially if your heart's beating, and especially if you're offended. It's for you. Or if your mind is wandering a lot. Have you noticed that? You're listening to a sermon, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, where did my brain go for five minutes? I would recommend going back and listening to that part again. Can we just put that in our tool bag? If you're listening to a sermon, and five minutes go by, and you're like, whoa, and you come back to it, you're like, whoa. What I've noticed is I'll listen to it again, and my mind will wander again. Yeah. It's the enemy being like, don't listen to this part. Usually. Sometimes I'm just tired. But a lot of the times, <laughs> it's the enemy saying, don't listen to that. And when I finally go back, sometimes, I'm not kidding you, I've had to listen to a specific part of something that I knew God was giving to me, like six times in a row. Because every time I burn the wandering, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I go back to it and I listen to it again. And sure enough, that one part, I'm thinking about something else. I'm like, okay, this is amazing. And the sixth time, I'm like, I don't, care what, I don't care if I have to write down every word with a pencil. I'm going to listen to this. And the sixth time, finally something breaks, and all of a sudden I hear what it is. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, and it changes everything. So I just want to say that that mechanism in us, there's a lot of different ways we try to like, let's like, try to get things away from us to actually touch in here. Because we think we're protecting ourselves, and in reality, these things are freedom. So, okay, so, um, say what? Oh, it's all right. Just get an image. Okay, so now, where I'm going now is I'm going to change subjects. Because I just think that was a prophetic something, okay? That was a personal thing. Mm-hmm. I'll recap it, sure Basically in a nutshell um, God is asking us if, we, if he's not speaking Just to wait It's okay, we don't know And if he's speaking He wants us to step into the now word Instead of leaning on the other one Because he finally learned how to deal with it emotionally So we don't have to deal with it anymore That's really it Oh, and he also wants to bless us with everything pertaining to Godliness and everything in the heavenlies and pretty much way beyond what we can ask or think. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, great. Okay, so. Okay, so, um, yeah. Man, what are we going to do communion? Who knows? Um, here, new people. Check this out. This is what happens at Kairos. Hey, you guys, we're going to do communion. Woo! Okay.
1: There's a reason for that because people get healed pretty much every time we do it.
0: Okay. Coming back, because um, his his flesh is true food. John six, it's good 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 passage. All right, now we'll get more on that later. It's not Catholicism, but we're but they did have something right, and we're split bone bone and marrow with that. Okay, now I think I'm gonna go here. I think I'm gonna go here. We got enough new people um, to go into this place, um, and uh, if I'm if I'm sensing that it's not pertinent once I get into it, I might pull off. But I really want to talk about something very, very important. Um, how many of you uh, have been to small churches before this? Okay, okay, put your hands down. All right, yeah, that's usually the number. It's about 80%. Okay, so um, so here's it. now a lot of you were just at the table community before, or whatever. Um, but, um, which is the church we had before this. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to talk, I'm going to do my don't talk crap about Bayside speech. Yes. I'm just gonna do it. It's just important. I, 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 it's been on my heart for like a month, and I really think it's very important. Um, Lord Jesus, just give me, give me the words to speak that we would just kill um, elitism, rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, and and despising the things that you love. In Jesus' name. Okay, so. Um, what small church does is a lot of really awesome things. What it magnetizes to itself, though, is bitterness, elitism, and rebellion, and entitlement. Entitlement. That's what it brings. In a large church of 6,000 people, the pastor generally doesn't deal with whoever is stewarding. doesn't have to be that pastor. Stewards don't have to deal with, usually, people coming up and going. Like, well, I have this preference, so we need to be doing this, and it's not good enough, and we got to... They rarely are dealing with that. But when you get a small church, the larger and larger percentage of the people at that church are starting to talk to whoever they think is a steward of the room. And they're like, I think we need to do this, and not this, and that's wrong, and this over here, we're not where we should be, and we should be doing this over here. It's like, whoa, whoa, the shoulds, calm down. Just calm down on the shoulds. What I'm saying is, is the smaller the group, the easier it is to gravitate toward law. The reason is, is because, you know, you, I mean, I think we know this, but it's still good to know that that law is challenged by closeness. It's challenged by closeness, and law hates closeness unless it can control closeness. So it starts making rules of what closeness looks like. How can we make community happen? How can we make this happen? How can we make this happen over here? Pretty soon, it's not we could be doing; it's we should be doing. Sorry, you guys just don't really hear the shoulds often. Me. I mean, you shouldn't be killing people, <laughs> but like you see what I'm saying. But like, but you really don't hear me say the shoulds um, because really, it just. I'll give you an analogy. I'll, I'll, I'll say something. I'll say the same thing two different ways. We are invited into. And have an absolute free, clear path to grab onto anything that Jesus gives us, any promise that He's always afforded everything human be since his crucifixion, death, and resurrection. We have a clear invitation to grab any of those things for ourselves in faith and to walk in the fullness of those things. Amen.
2: Sounds
0: great, right? You say the same thing that happens in a lot of smaller and churches, churches, gorgeous groups of believers. We're not where we should be. We should be serving God more. We should be believing Him more. And we should be doing things more. Because faith faith is justified by works. Book of James. Now, the same goal is in both of those sentences. Yeah. The first one actually gets you there with the fruit of the Spirit intact and everyone actually in life and freedom and peace and joy. The second one, you might get there with tremendous amounts of hurt, brokenness, judgment, law, and joy is siphoned out of the situation. The first one, you don't even have to ask people to serve. Or if you do, you're just reminding them of something they already wanted to do. The second one, you're always, always shorthanded when it comes to working, and yet that's all you're talking about. You would think everybody What happens is, is the second one, you're actually asking the flesh to rule. And the first one, you're asking the spirit to rule. Mm. Okay. So the first one is this. Small bodies of believers isn't necessarily the quote-unquote answer. It just isn't. I'm not saying it sucks. I love having small groups. I love it. I love the fact that Greta could just walk in and be like, can you clarify? Great. Can you imagine, like, being in, like, a massive, like, gateway or, like, Willow Creek, and, like, somebody walks in, hey! They're all, what? Could you clarify? Can somebody get him a mic? I mean, it would just, you know, it would be bedlam. You know what I mean? It would just be insane. So, um, a small group is easy in one sense. It's easy. It's easier to steer them when you're feeling unsafe. It's easier to get something handled when you don't like how things are going. But I also want to say this. That large church isn't necessarily against outside of God's will. Can anyone really make the case that God doesn't love Bayside? And if you think you can, man, I think you really need a revelation of the love of God. Really. What God told me, this years ago, I was actually walking in what I'm talking about, and what God told me years ago, he said this, you don't want to be against the things that I'm for. <laughs> It's a really awkward place for me, because now I have to actually remove you from that. You never ever want to be against something Jesus loves. That's a it's a dangerous place to be. I don't mean like like a sword, like I'm not talking about lightning blasts. What I'm talking about is actually the place of your own heart. Bitterness has no place in heaven. It will never exist there. And you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Your true self doesn't have any bitterness. Your true self doesn't have unforgiveness. Your true self doesn't hold grudges and, and judge the body of Christ because you think you could do it better. It just doesn't do that. And a lot of the times we've been wounded or we have gift sets that have not yet been awakened or realized or stewarded or have a platform for them. And so when we're in a, a large group, a large body, what happens is it's harder for the stewards of said body to get to the ones that have that. But that's okay. It doesn't have to happen there. What I'm getting at is, let's say like, let's say like you're in this massive church, like so 6,000. And you know that you have apostolic, prophetic, and pastoral giftings, which you do. And then what would happen is this. You would then say, well, I want to begin operating in these. I want someone to help me steward these things and cultivate these things. And then you'd look up, and you'd have all this bureaucracy and all these things, and you wouldn't know how to penetrate it. And so the flesh would say, the problem is this organization. Especially if you're apostolic. Because it's your job to see that. And so what happens is, is usually large churches tend to embitter the apostolic. Usually. I'm not saying it's their job, or the apostolic has to be offended or embittered, but that's usually what happens a lot of the times, because they see the problems, but they're not given a platform to change those things, so they get bitter, because they sense deep inside. That's their call. But that church isn't this weird, like, totality of the kingdom of God. Either, A, you just bless... You bless that church, you bless the leadership, you bless all the people around you, you just bless, 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 and you trust that God will raise you up or move you out. Or, if you don't have that fortitude, you just start asking God, like, is there a place for me to have these gift sets cultivated and, you know, platformed or what on? Or, the third option is, God, is it even time for that? How old are you? 17. Exactly. Amen. Yeah, so here's the deal. Why don't it might not even be time. God might not even want to even hand him any cultivation or platform for those things until he's in his thirties. And in the meantime, he's just all like outside of it. I'm like, what do I do? I feel off. I feel like no matter where I go, like there's this thing, and like nobody can relate. Yeah, because you're apostolic, and you ha- and God hasn't awakened me yet. So the large church it might not be the problem, though. Is what I'm trying to get at. Here. A lot of things we blame on large church. It's like, well, how could you possibly get to know anybody? Turn to the person next to you and get to know them? I mean, come on, you guys. It's really not that that complicated. You know what I mean? Like, hey, how are you doing? We both have phones. You know, like, it's, it's kind of easier than, than we're making it out to be, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, but but I mean, 6,000 people. Dude, how could you possibly? Well, you're not supposed to know 6,000 people. That's why Facebook is stressing you out. You don't even know it. <laughs> seriously some of you deal with anxiety I, I challenge anyone in this room with anxiety issues if you're on social media I, I at least 2 out of 3 days maybe like 30, 30 minutes or less a day to go on a 30 day social media fast I'm not talking about what you watch on social media I'm just saying that maybe the human psyche isn't supposed to be keeping up on 200 people
2: yeah.
0: That's good. think about any context in the history of the planet that one person would need to know what
1: 200 people would do
0: a world leader, maybe? <laughs> Guess what? You're dealing with the same stress as possibly of a world leader. It's like, come on. You don't have 200 friends. I guarantee it. <laughs> I mean, really. I'm not saying 200 people love you, but you do not have 200 <sighs> friends. <laughs> you have about between four and eight. You just do. I mean, you might have more than that. Hallelujah. But you don't have 400. And some of y'all are like, I got 8,000 friends <laughs> on Facebook. What can I do? <laughs> you just don't, like really. Like, try calling every one of those people in a line and being like, hey, you want to come to my house for dinner tonight? And then you'll know, you know what I mean? Well, I couldn't talk to them. I couldn't ask them to do that. They ain't your friend. You see what I'm saying? Like, don't let the website tell you what friendship is. Okay, we're moving on. That was a little side, a little commercial. If you're new, this is what you get, okay? It's what you get. I'm just regularly doing this. Okay. Rabbit trails. Cindy's like, I've been with you for 10 years. Okay, so um, look. <laughs> so you guys, how many of you know that Ray Johnston is the senior pastor of Bayside? Do you yeah. know Yeah. Right? How many of you know that Ray Johnston, to the chagrin and utter despair sometimes even, of his administrative staff still runs Bayside like it's 100 people? Do you know that? How many of you know that if Kairos one day has 12,000 people a weekend coming, and we're like doing so many things for so many different people, we're like, you know what, we're going to serve whole four block squares of of society. We're going to literally have enough finances to end diseases per country. We're going to literally take tens of thousands of children and give them a summer they will never forget, and Jesus is on their lips when they leave. I guarantee you, whatever we did, if we had 12,500 people, that the small churches in this area would talk crap about us. I guarantee it. Not everybody, but it would be a, a, a solid thing. And you guys, this is the, because it's a spirit. It's a spirit. None of you could pastor a church of 50,000 people and do it right for the small churches. None of you. And I just want, and what I, what somebody told me a long time ago, they were talking about just the bitterness in the church in general, and they were just saying this. I like how those people are doing it wrong better than I like how these people aren't doing it at all, sitting in coffee shops with their favorite microbrew and their tattoos that only they understand. I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay, so um, look, pointing at the young, like y'all know what I'm saying. Look, I love microbrew triple caramel Best Belgian beer in the world, hands down. I can definitely get in that argument with you, I'll win. Um, Right? It's good. Okay, now, I don't care about microbrews and I don't care about tattoos. I got a crappy one right here. The point is, the point is is this is that you have a culture of rebellion. You have a culture that, that begins to actually despise the body of Christ because they've been hurt because there's things that they wish that could have been done better and because they were hurt they decide that it's because of the model not because of broken people yeah not because it maybe Maybe somebody got hired, and the person that hired them was just like, oh my goodness, you're so good at this. You love people so much. And that person gets into a position of leadership and switches into automatic pilot and starts not even thinking about people at all. And maybe one or eight of you, or ten of you, or me, and everybody else in this room possibly got caught up in the gears of that person's ambition, or fears, or insecurities. Just like maybe you've hurt other people in different ways. And maybe we deeply <laughs> desire. Maybe we deeply desire that that how we've heard people. Okay, just. Okay. Did, did everybody sign this thing now? Raise your hand if you have not seen the Passover sign of sheep. Front row, right there. Front row, that's it. Yeah. You guys are doing great, man. It's like snake. Remember snake on the Nokia phones? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, you guys. Maybe some of you. This isn't a maybe. I'm just going to say maybe to make it softer. <laughs> maybe some of you need to have the same grace on the people that... You guys, listen. Listen, this is so important. This is crazy. If you, if you hear anything I said, I think this is a very this is a prophetic hotspot right here for you guys, okay? Yes. This if, if you let this into your heart, it will change your life. Some of you don't need to hear this. But the ones that think you don't before I even said it, you probably don't. <laughs> okay. Maybe some of you need to extend the same grace on the people that hurt you that you are so happy you will have extended to you for You are very happy, some of you, that the people that you've hurt aren't holding it against you, like you're holding it against other people for you. Mm. You are deeply grateful. And I just want to put that Okay, so what I want to say is this: that God in His sovereignty has large churches that cast a wide net that aren't talking about the deep, intricate mechanisms of the interior self walking in the tensions of faith with God. Maybe they're just saying, there's a loving God out there, and he just loves you and wants to bless you. And that's their entire message every single week. Are they lying? No. no. Of course not. Are they giving you the deeper answers you want? Probably not. Is it their job? Maybe, maybe not. That, that's available. What I want to say is this. If you would have done it better, hallelujah! Maybe you're called to do that! <laughs> I guarantee you, you are not called to criticize, slander, gossip, and otherwise tear down and cultivate an atmosphere of mistrust around those ones that are just trying to do whatever it is that God has spoken to them. Because Jesus loves his big He loves Ray Johnson. He loves it. You guys, Lance Han? Oh, I met with them a couple weeks ago. I meet with these like pastors. It's really funny actually. These pastors of these mega churches are like wanting to be with me. And I'm like, this is great. And so we're meeting and they're asking, like, what do you think about this one thing that I'm struggling with? And I'm like, like uh, this, this, this? No, That's so good. Thank you so much. I'm like, okay. Now for me, that God told me that you would be a voice for the church of Placer County and the surrounding areas, and that you would actually influence the direction of the local church. Well, you're a pastor of this little church, and you get that word by numerous people that don't know each other. And guess what? Ambition shows up. It's like Cairo's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like huge. And then what happens? Really, I'm just, just being honest. I mean, I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm telling you what's what's in the heart of man and me. You know what I mean? And then what happens is, very quickly, because I know what that feels like, and it's always a bad end if you keep going in that, I'm like, okay, God, what does that look like? And he's like, I didn't tell you because you you just don't need to know. Okay, fine. And then we're just loving each other, and we got a really awesome group, you guys. It's, like, really amazing. It's like a third missing every week, but whatever. One day, when everybody shows up that actually (laughs) goes to this church, we're going to be too full of this room. I'm serious. Really, we have about 95 people that say they go to Kairos on a regular basis, which they do. But regular basis, for some means one week a month. That's okay. No rules, no... I mean, you'll get more if you come more. But I mean, whatever. So here I am, I'm like, okay, God, I just want to do what you're actually telling me to do instead of also injecting what I think I should do. I'm just doing what you're asking me to do. You know, to be honest with you since we've come to this building, I think a lot of people have jumped into, uh, what would you call it? Um, automatic pilot. <laughs> it's like, okay, there's a stage, soundboard, chairs, aisle. Okay, check. Go to the pastor instead of Holy Spirit. <laughs> really? It's like really intense. Now, I said this two weeks ago, and the actual people that I needed to hear it ignored it completely, and everybody else said all these amazing things in their life they didn't want to call me about because I would be totally overwhelmed. <laughs> so, I just want to... I wanted to slow this down a little bit, okay, if when you call me, I'm just like, dude, I'm so glad you called, this is totally amazing, this has nothing to do with you, okay, really, if I'm regularly having a conversation about this with you, then I'm talking to you, it's that easy, it's so easy, it's like so simple, so, like, I have like Jessica King being like, yeah, I was doing this thing, but I didn't want to overwhelm you. What? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you're, you're not somebody that calls me, like, every three days, like, you know, like, when they should just be going to Holy Spirit. I said it should. But I'm saying compared to me, what, I mean, would you want me or Holy Spirit? I don't want to know. No, I
2: did But really, like, think about it, right? Like, oh my God. come on. Okay, and so, um,
0: look. look what, what, yeah, what we've been doing, you know why Pyros is such a strong, amazing community? It's because every single one of us leans into the, the planted word of God. That's why. Yeah. If you're confused about that, I'm not the CEO, okay? Like, and I'm definitely not the, like the hotline. You know what I mean? Like, I don't my, like my life is 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 dedicated to the people of Kairos. It is, and I and I love that role. I really do.
2: Yeah.
0: But some of y'all, when you call, I'm like, you gotta go to God for that. If that's offensive, there's a problem. Yeah. Now, if it's like, well, I just need more clarity on this one thing, okay. But sometimes it's still, you need to go to God about that. And you don't need clarity on that one thing. Most of the time, you know, emergency mode.
2: Yeah.
0: When you have a large church or a small church, there's these problems. No matter what, there's never been, a, there's never a perfect number where problems don't exist. There's never a perfect number and a perfect uh, place and a perfect time where you can make sure you're never, ever hurt again, except heaven. Oh, that's good. Or Man. hell. Those are the only two places where you don't have to worry about the problems of loving imperfect people. and being loved by them. It's rough, but true. Um, and so I just want to say this, that at the end of the day, you guys, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And what God is saying about everything around us and everything in us, that is the most safe and unsafe to our flesh, but the safest, most blessed, most incredibly joy mind place you can ever walk. Ever. What is God saying? What is he speaking? That is the point. It says that his sheep hear his voice. Those who are led of God are the sons of God. That's a big statement. And so, our, our high ground, our high ground, isn't just what everybody else in the body is saying, but what God is saying. Because how many of you know the crowd is usually wrong? Yeah. They just are, especially David. Well, I mean that's the crowd. And so I just, and so um, look at the end of the day, this isn't this isn't targeting you, but you said that, and I really feel like I need to say so because um, we're spoken out in the room, and I have to address it. Um, it's okay, I'm still going to say it. So, um, how many of you know that the majority of people that say they hate legalism are usually the most legalistic ones? Right? Because they're protecting themselves from something that God's already protecting themselves from. They're protecting them from. They're trying to protect themselves from the, from the legalism. And so they create rules and parameters <laughs> and all these legalistic protectives to protect themselves from legalism. It's just like when you've been hurt. I've said this. How many of you have ever said this? You know what? I don't want to trust because I've been hurt. Right? I don't want to live. I'm not going to give them that one thing that I wish they would have given, that, that somebody else would have given me. I'm not going to do that because it hurts. Okay. What, what that does is it says this part of my heart, this most potent door to God. I'm gonna close and keep it closed because I was hurt. That's what it's saying. I'm giving you language for I'm, I'm reinterpreting what your flesh promises. It always robs the very thing it promises because it's an idol, and that's the, the Bible is very clear. You become like the idols you serve every time, whatever it is. And so this is why we duplicate sin. This is what happens. You're all, what is Brian actually talking about? It's okay. Just prophetically speaking, okay. I, I don't, the good news is, I don't care if if I have like a three point message, I just couldn't really care less. I, it's more about what, what God is saying in the moment. I really believe this is very potent, and sometimes I just do this all day. So, um, are you grateful?
1: Like, yeah. you know, instead of like, okay,
0: we're in Jeremiah 3. It's like, <laughs> it's like, gotta find something in Jeremiah
2: 3. So you guys,
0: like, rather than say what God is saying, that's kind of part of my message, actually. Um, I mean, God bless. Like, like actually, I'm a really good scriptural expositor. I am. I, I did that for years. But at what expense? Like, to be honest with you, I just did it because I thought that's what you're supposed to do and I, be, I wanted to be really good at it. You know what God did? He took the whole thing and he just like, He's threw it on the ground. He's like, just stop, dude. Like, the places you want me to go with you and the places you want to surrender and the places you want to experience, you will not get there doing that. And I'm like, is this wrong? Of course it's not wrong. Jesus <laughs> doesn't even live in right and wrong. I'm serious. Like, you really want to get into what the blood did? I'm not saying he doesn't think sin is wrong. I'm saying that's not our reality with him because all sin is covered under the blood, Come so on. we have free access. Yeah. He hates sin. He ju- he judges sin, and sin separates us from God unless it's already judged on the blood of on, on Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And then the separation occurred when he said, "Father, why have you forsaken me?" Now we just have boldly uh, bold access to the throne of grace. That's the context of what I'm talking about. It, okay, I'm sw- dude. I know I'm taking you guys as flesh, and I'm just like. Just taking it over here, taking it over here. Like I spun around a couple times. Okay, now we're going the tail of the donkey. No, never mind. I'm not And pretty soon the flesh is like, I don't know what to do anymore. But your spirits love what I'm saying. I guarantee you. Yeah, it's like confuse and kill. That's like, a, that's like a, a the that's what you're speaking to the spirit. Okay. Okay. Man. Woo. So. What he's, what he is intense on, what he is just bent and absolutely like joy filled, like, like you know when you're in the wind and it's going so fast, and like you have like tears, like that's like how quickly he is like beelining it for our deepest parts that we genuinely have prayed that he would that he would enter and fulfill and dance around them. Really, and a lot of us. When he finally gets close, we're like, okay, well, hold on, look you know that like the band-aid thing where like somebody's getting me in your
2: shop
0: and you're like, okay, and they're gonna think That's what we're doing with Jesus. He's like, man, I just I want all of you right now. You ass, I'll take it. And he's like, you're like whoa, know, whoa, whoa, Just slow, slow, whoa, whoa, don't touch that. This, like, this, 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 this. And this, and this, this, this over here. So just, just hold on. I got everything under control, then I'm spinning all these plates, just don't bump it. <laughs> And you know know what happens at that point? You know what we're really telling him? This is going to hurt, but it's good. What we're really saying to Jesus, when we're saying not right now, what we're actually telling him is, I don't want you to change me enjoyably. I don't want you to change me in a romantic embrace. I will only allow pain to change me. (laughs) Yowch! And he is Faithful. He is faithful to bring you to the, the most, the most generous, the most trusting, the most just heart, like baby skin, like underneath baby skin, raw, like you don't even have skin, but it doesn't even matter because you're with Him, because He's everything, because He's enough, like. Last week, or the week before, we were just like singing for like, it sounded like six hours almost, like, I want you more than anything, anything, Jesus, and it just kept going and going, and then, better than wine, better than life, better than anything, we're singing that over and over, come back into this, and then, I just came in, I am what you're fighting for, like, there was like so much going on, you know? it was like so amazing. It was great, it wasn't that great? It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the deal, like, it's true. Yeah. He is better than anything you could ever put in his place. Yeah. Better than anything. Yeah. And your spirits want him more than anything. Yeah. anything. And he knows it, and so he's faithful to give you what you really want. Yeah. He knows it, right? He knows it. He knows what you really want. He knows, he knows what you've asked him in the in the in the most raw, broken, humble places, God, I just want you, I don't want anything else. He's He's like, I'll hold you to it. (laughs) Not in some legalistic weird way. No, he'll just get to that. He will, he'll get to it because he's faithful, because he knows you will take him afterwards. Yeah. You will. You will. You know what I'm talking about. Mm. Especially like gray hairs or old some folk. You know what I'm saying. Dude, like, I did not want him to do that very thing that I'm so glad he did. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Can I get an amen if you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Okay, and that's what he's doing in this evening. You okay. guys, the next three weeks, in fact, the last two, if it hasn't gotten hotter in your life, if the furnace hasn't gotten turned up a little bit, it's on the menu. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it has to affect you. Rapshack, Meshach, and go. Hey. It doesn't have to affect you. You're just walking around in it with Jesus. That, that's, that, this is the word of the Lord right now. I know this. The next three weeks is going to get hotter and hotter and hotter. If you think that, if you think that, like, okay, it can get hot, but I don't want people to hurt me. It can get hot, but I don't want betrayal. It can get hot, I don't want this. I don't want this. I, hey, I got all these things. How about this? Whatever comes down the pipeline, we're being invited into being an oracle in heaven. Yeah, that's what it is for anybody. If we're accused, if we're slandered, if we're hurt. If we're misunderstood, it doesn't matter. May you be an oracle into the realities of heaven for them. Yes. That yeah. That's what forgiveness is. Yeah. It's like, I'm really? I'm trying to forgive them. What? No, you're an oracle into heaven. <clears throat> if the person sitting, seated next to Christ in heavenly places is, is, not con- is not concerned with how you've been hurt. Yeah. <laughs> your spirit isn't concerned, your flesh is, and your flesh fights against the spirit. you need the scripture verse the scripture verse and you know that the spirit doesn't fight back did you know that because it's invincible it doesn't move it's ever expanded it doesn't say the spirit fights against the flesh the flesh fights against his wars against the spirit and gets nowhere when you're in it nowhere nowhere and that's what we're all being asked to go to now yeah. he's like he's like you know what just keep coming just keep walking keep walking keep walking keep walking don't worry about that it's okay keep walking keep walking don't worry about that either but, but it's really big and scary. I know, just, just, keep walking, keep walking. Really, that, that's that's all he's doing for a whole life. And you know what? Some things that Zach deals with, or I would deal with, or like other people would deal with in this room, if you looked at that stuff, you'd be all, dude, that would freaking, that would destroy me. I'd be out. Oh, puff of smoke. That's the only thing you'd see of me if I dealt with that. And you know what? It's because God in his sovereignty and in his faithfulness, is getting to deeper things in those ones. That's why. And it might be your turn in a couple years or whatever. But you know what? He always gives us an out. Always. Because he's faithful and loving and amazing. He doesn't like bringing calamity into our life. He doesn't like bringing pain in our life. That's not his heart. What he loves to do, though, because I I guarantee you, any of you would say this about your own child. Would you rather them have a full and amazing life but you have to break their arm to do it? Like, literally, like in the wild or something. The only way to extricate them from this thing where they're about to die is to break their arm. No one in here would say, I just want to be kind. I don't want to do any harm. (laughs) Nobody would say that. Right? In the same way. Sometimes the Lord says, don't go over there. And we jump into it anyway. And now our arm is stuck. What we're saying to him is, I'm not going to change unless you bring pain. I don't want it the easy way. I don't want it the close way. I will only change if you bring pain. But we decide that. He doesn't decide that. We decide it. And you know what? He's faithful because it's more important to him that he has our heart than even we have a limb. Can I quote Jesus? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like better to enter into heaven without an eye, a hand. I mean, this is, this is intense. Jesus isn't like, I just want to just spare your body, and you're just completely just pristine. You're never bumped once.
2: I want to make sure no one
0: ever bumps you ever so that forgiveness never has to be made manifest on the earth. I just want to make sure that like nothing ever bad happens to you ever. So you'll never learn perseverance because what is that? I mean, me getting glory? He just would not say these things. I'm just putting it in perspective here. Like, the kingdom is a place. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. The kingdom is a place. People talk around it, but they don't actually talk about it. I mean, some people do, but commonly, I don't want to feed bitterness there. It's not like everybody isn't talking about it, but commonly, the kingdom is talked around, but it's not talked about. The kingdom is an actual place. Like a physical manifested place. Its gates are carved out of 12 by 12 foot pearls. Single pearls. There's a reason why our bridegroom goes up to his father's house, which is a Jewish betrothal ceremony. Says, literally, if... If I, if I was a Jewish man and I was betrothed myself to a Jewish woman, I would literally bring bread and wine and say, this is my body broken for you, and this is my blood shed for you. And then I would say, behold, I go to prepare a place for you in my father's house. And then I would. And I would build something off of my father's house. And I wouldn't know when the time was right to go back and get her. It was up to the, the father. Because he knows what it would, it's supposed to look like, and I don't. Because he's already done it. Jesus, when do we know you returned? That's up to the Father, Adam. Oh okay. yeah. Sorry, there's a little tangent there, but it was good. It was good. It's good work. Yeah. So here we are now. We're in the middle of this kingdom that he's going to bring down. You know what he calls you? Do you know what name you have? Do you know what it is? Sion. That's a woman's name. All of us collectively. That's why Curse's clothing company is called For Zion. That's why. I mean, I'm imagining. Okay, so... um, (laughs) You're actually Zion's neighborhood back in the... No, no. It's what it means. Okay. Look. um, What happens is, is he's bringing something to Zion. Do you know what it is? It's totally amazing. Zion. Do you know what he calls all of you? The New Jerusalem. Do you know in another part of the Bible it says... He brings the, Zion, the new Jerusalem, the Zion of God, to his bride. It's because you're seated in it right now. He's removing the veil. He's removing all compartments. He's giving you a new body that can actually exist in glory. This is, this is true. This is all true. This is kingdom. This is the reality. This is the reality of your job and, and you're being slandered or somebody's trying to get you fired. Dude, that happens to Zach exactly. all the time. It's hilarious. He's literally one of the most amazing workers. Like, he's always above everything and when it comes time for people to get convicted about that, he doesn't even preach to anybody. He's just stoked. He's like, hey guys, you know, like whatever. He's actually kind of like dorking a little bit. Like, I love his style. He's like, he's like, does like a keto, like in the spirit, like like they're all like, we it all serious. And he's like, okay, Barfuck, dude, Dugan, we're going to give you some cookies. And they're all what? And like, all of a sudden they're like signing contracts and stuff. It's like really funny. I've seen him work. It's so awesome. It's so impressive. Because he's outside of that culture. What happens though is he comes in kingdom, and it's so outside of how business is run that there's two responses. People try to get him fired, and then he gets massively promoted. That's what happens. Because he stays in the kingdom the whole time. He's like, I'm seeing with Christ in heavenly places. I'm not worried about all this piddly like rumors and all this weird stuff. It doesn't even matter. Who cares what people think about me? God, you gave me this job. Amen. I'm not here for them. Did, oh, foolish Galatians! Did you did you begin in the Spirit only to be perfected by the flesh? No. The word is no. <laughs> I mean, he, he asked a type of question, no but the answer is no. Um, look, the, the point is that God didn't give you a job or didn't give you a house or didn't give you a stewardship for you to finally get it and then shut off from him and do it the way you would have always done it. Yeah. Come He's on. getting to that. Yeah, Some of you in the next three weeks. Yep. Ow. It's Whatever. Good. It doesn't have to be painful if you're like, dang it. <laughs> it might be confusing. It might be feel unfamiliar. but It doesn't have to be painful. Yeah. yeah. God, I I want you more than anything. Like anything. It doesn't even matter. Mm. Some of y'all have had unforgiveness so embedded that you don't even know. Welcome to the next three weeks. (laughs) I think some of you, it's actually going to come up. You're going to see it. And he's going to give you an opportunity. It's just opportunity. That's all It's just like the giving thing. It's just opportunity. By the way, giving, We talk about the hats, right? This is so funny to me. I forgot all this different stuff. Okay, so um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just just start passing them around. Like, if you want to give, fantastic. Put them in the hats. If you don't, who okay. cares? Okay, now I'm gonna move on. That was that was a good thing. Okay. So, um, look. With him, it's so amazing. Like, to watch, to watch God move. Like, no, 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 It's just that side. Just that side. Just that side, just that side. It's okay. All right. it's, it's all right. I didn't tell anybody All right. Let's take it that way. All right. Now, <laughs> okay, you guys, look. And, and it's okay. Just wait for the hat to come. to you ever just, like, relax and just look up here? It's fine. It's just a hat. Okay, so um, some of you, this week or next week or the week after that, like the next three weeks, seriously, it's so funny to me that we're going to end these three weeks on a dance party. That's right. It's so fine to me. It's so good, though. But this is what he's doing. I really believe that in the next three weeks, all these things that we all deal with, God's going to give us an invitation to go down some layers into it and live there. And a better way to say it is to come up and look at it from heaven. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Are you okay? Two people heard me. Are you hearing me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, half of you. Are you guys listening? Are you hearing me? Yes. <laughs> Man, it's still half. It's amazing how that works. Okay. Look. One more time, you guys. Just just look up at me for a second. Look up at me for a second. Okay? I'm not asking if you're prepared for all this, but are you under the understanding that at least I'm telling you, whether you think I'm right or wrong, do you understand that I'm telling you in the next three weeks you're going to start to see major invitations and open doors into possibly fearful or resisted against areas in you? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Bring it on. And all of them are invitations. If you're afraid, you need to think about the one that's doing the searching. The one that's doing the inviting. (laughs) Think about him for a second. The flesh, the only way the flesh can get you deceived is to get you to accuse God internally. I don't know what's going on right now. Why is my life always da, 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 da Would you really say that if Jesus was sitting right next to you and you know that he's in charge of your whole life? Hmm. Would you say the things you complained about your life to his face if he was standing right next to you? Yeah. The thing is, you are. <laughs> That's what's so intense. And so um, because but this is but here's the deal, there's no shame in condemnation. Everything is covered by the blood. What this is doing yeah. is just is is bringing things to light. Yeah. This isn't about like feeling bad about it. Condemnation doesn't work for any of you or me. Shame has not work for a single human being on planet Earth. There's therefore now no, 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 no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? Jesus went to the, the cross despising the shame. Okay, hallelujah. Fantastic. Okay. So this is just all about the reality of the situation. I was asked the other day, do you ever ask God why? And the question seemed so foreign to me, and I realized I don't. I just don't. I mean, i got some other issues, but that's not one thing, okay? <laughs> really. My thing is, like, I feel alone, and nobody cares, and I'm not honored. <laughs> that's my thing, okay? It's, just, okay? it's you know, growing up since day one being dishonored and alone, okay? But, like, that's my issue. My issue, though, is not trying to, needing to know why everything. Now, some people, they didn't grow up dishonored and alone their whole life and blah, blah, blah. Their thing is I was always uh, told, you know, the parents, God bless you if you're one of them, but I'm just saying I don't be the best. But like they got to inform their kid on everything before their kid obeys them. Okay, listen, Johnny, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be in the playground right now, but in exactly 3.5 minutes, I'm going to ask you to leave. And when I ask you to leave, we're going to go over to the restaurant, and we're going to give you this one thing that you always like. Is that okay with you? <laughs> Look, you guys, Like, if that's how you were raised, maybe that's why you're asking God why all the time, okay? Because maybe you just don't need to know. Maybe it's okay if, if you just trust that your parents were so for you, or whoever was over you, or if you couldn't do that, then maybe God himself, when he says, get up and move over here. And you just say, okay. You just say, okay. Who cares why? If he's asking, you know it's good. What is he going to do? Ask you to like, hey, this is really good, I know, but I'm just going to ruin your freaking life. Can you come over here? (laughs) That's just not the Lord. That's not who he is. Like, if you know the Lord even a little bit, you know that's not who he is. And so he's going to ask you to do some scary crap the next three weeks. Just do it. <laughs> Whatever it is. I don't know. That's not going to call you the Lord is saying. I mean I might, but probably not. What I'm <laughs> saying is God Himself. God Himself speaking to you. And saying, do the uncomfortable. Do the scary if I'm asking you to do it. Don't do the uncomfortable. Don't do the scary if I'm telling you just to chill out. Whatever. it probably be a completely different word for every single person in here. Because however many people we have in here, and this is one more thing, and then yeah, you just go just go
1: so, uh, yeah, dude, I was going to ask you to So, there are many people, if not all of you in this room, have been given words of the Lord. Have been given direction, have been given instruction. Um, and there are things that don't make sense to you because it's fostering trust. But what's actually happening is there's a transition in this room and in our hearts of transitioning out of the obligation of obedience and the delight of obedience. Yes. So you're being asked to do things that you would say like, no, but the kingdom is this. And the Lord's actually asking you to do things that are opposite of what seems like the kingdom are. Because self-righteousness has defined what the kingdom is instead of the righteousness of Christ. Righteousness, peace, and joy in Holy Spirit. What is Holy Spirit? It's the sonship of God. It's the Son of God living in us. So I just want to bless every single one of you I understand this is intense, whatever Uh, Every single one of you To just fully receive the delight That Jesus chose to remain on the cross First 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 For his father First For his father First For his father I understand we are the joy That was set before him But it was first his father and if that is out of order, then we will always perform yeah. for the Father's standard, not understanding that's what we're doing. Yeah. And it will look like obedience in our hearts, but it will feel terrible because it's out of obligation, not delight. Yeah. So I just decree and I declare that these next three weeks, everything that has been tormenting you, accusing you, twisting you, Grace and making it into obligation, you are going to see lifted by nothing you do. And you will be so established and rooted in the love of Christ that is first for His Father. And it is that Spirit of God that is going to make manifest the promises that are irrevocable because of blood, that is DNA, that is light, that is freedom, that is inheritance. So to every situation that is on the table, Father, we just say that you can have it. And that we don't know, we don't know what obedience from delight looks like on our own. So Jesus, we invite you and we humble every stupid, lofty opinion that we have defined as obedience (laughs) and raised up filthy rags to say that it's because of what we've done, it's because of how we've obeyed, it's because of how we've heard your voice, it's because of what we've yielded, it's because of what we've given up, and now we have an opinion of what you should do. We just rend all of that. And say, Would you teach us the delight of obedience? And we reject the obligation of it.
0: Come on. Amen. Amen. Come on. Okay. And if you have any questions about that, let me just lay them right now. Like, is God, did Jesus endure the cross for the Father first? Let me just allay all doubts about that one. No, oh, no, it's about me. It is about you. Check this out. Jesus presented us as an unblemished, reconciled people to God. It was for God. He created us for him. He create us for us. He created us for him. And Jesus handed us to him. And that's why he was enduring the cross. The joy set before him. Us, Absolutely. As a gift to God. Mm. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to say something earlier. Um, this has more to do with us in the room, but this is really important, especially for new folks. But I just, I just really want, even, but even, even seasons. I just, I just want to say this. We don't really have programs here. We just don't. At least, not ones that you could sign up for. If you count the people in this room. That's how many programs we have. And your life, each of your lives, is a program of kairos. And if you need help running your program, you've got a whole bunch of incredible people around you. So if you're waiting for us to get legit and like get some ministries or whatever, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i stoked that like some ladies are going to get together. I hope that happens on a regular basis. If you want to call that a program, well, hallelujah. But our primary programs are each and every one of you. Every one of you. Whatever you do. You guys, you have so much incredible beauty and 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 just fierce, wonderful things from heaven for everybody around you. Um, some of you evangelists, you feel almost like nobody's got your back. It's almost seemed like not important. You actually weep for the unbeliever. I want to tell you, I've got your back. I do. I do. You're you you're the ones that close the deal. You are, and whatever has been spoken about has spoken against evangelism recently. I just I just I'm speaking to you evangelists right now. I know there's some of you in this room. I'm just I'm not going to call you up, but I'm but you know who I'm talking to. If if you weep for the loss, you're an evangelist. Um, <clears throat> if you are preoccupied with the people that you love that don't know Jesus regularly, you have an evangelism call in your life. You're actually tripping that others don't. Take it like that. Don't worry, it's your call. You don't got to do what the the people usually do, which is they find the one thing they're good at and they they think everybody else needs to do it too, whatever. Um, The pastors are like, dude, why are you like caring about how people will take what you're saying? The apostles are like, dude, you can't see these like small little problems that if you just fixed them, everything would work, great. The prophet is like, dude, you don't hear from heaven? Like, are you even saved? You know what I mean? The teachers are like, dude, if they don't understand, how would they possibly walk this out? <laughs> and the evangelists, dude, like, really? Are we just gonna like hide in our clubhouses? There's lost people out there, you know. Like, and every <laughs> single one of those peeps is like, dude, everybody has got to be doing this thing. Good, I'm glad that they have, that that y'all have that that deep abiding desire that people would taste when you taste it. But everybody isn't what you want. Yeah. So, I'm speaking to the evangelists, evangelists, <laughs> <clears throat> I finally got contacted by that TLC guy, the Lord's Church guy, yes. Bishop Cotton. I just said, look, like, <laughs> Bishop Cotton.
2: <Kye. laughs> and okay, this,
0: this dude, like, we're going to get together soon again because we, we missed it. He drove <laughs> it was amazing. We like get to this one place downtown, and I'm waiting for this guy. And then I finally call him, and he's like 20 minutes late. He's all, he he's not answering the phone. And finally, 45 minutes later, he's like, "I'm at my house, man." I'm like, "What?" Like, I thought it was next Thursday. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I mean, I'm just like totally like. So this time we're gonna make sure it happens, Because you know? he put it on the wrong day. He put it on the wrong day for the calendar, or whatever. But here's the deal, for you evangelists, there's a guy, and he and he's a steward of a church, but they don't have a building. You know where they meet? Other people's churches. You know what they do? They take whoever wants to go in that church, and they schedule two or three times a week, and they go and they just blanket the town knowing that people are going to come to Jesus. This is what they do. And they do it for a month. And they funnel everybody that gets saved back into that church. Y'all want to, like, like, add some excitement to a church? You want to, like... Dude, everybody's like kind of dead or man, they're lukewarm or whatever. Add the unbeliever that gets saved. Yeah, you don't need a light show. You need evangelism. I mean, whatever, and the problem with the light show, but you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah.
0: You, you you don't need to like get the like the, the video is starting to get popping and get really good and get really amazing and like start like to get people entertained more. It's, it's it's about evangelism. You you know what I'm saying? Have you ever like have you ever given a tour? Of somebody that's out of town into your day-to-day life. You ever done that? Or just your, your town that you're in, and all of a sudden your town becomes new to you. Everything becomes new. That's what happens when the, when the, the believer shows up that just got saved. Everything that you're taking for granted, possibly, even. This is what evangelism does. It's like a shot of adrenaline right into the church. All of a sudden they're like, <laughs> This is amazing. I just love all of you. And, like, this is the new believer. It's, like, funny. Like, all of a sudden, in worship, they're, like, on their face. You know, like, they don't have, like, the whole, like, civilized thing. They're, like, going, like, they're, like, kicking in the door of their parents. Like, you need to get saved. And what's funny is that their parents usually do. And, like, it's like, crazy funny stuff that's happening because, because, not just because they're zealous, but because there's a grace, there's a spirit of salvation that goes against and, and, and just pushes away a lot of our niceties a lot of the times.
1: Amen.
0: Like people getting saved and they're still like like doing ecstasy and like having sex with a girlfriend or whatever. And they're like, just going to clubs, and they're like, Jesus, you are so forgiven, okay, And like, and God is like, yes, I am. <laughs> because they don't, they, they don't know. They're in their conscience again, you know, like, and then all of a sudden, like, and all these people are getting saved, and like, and they're like somebody gets healed at a dance club. I'm telling true stories. And people get, like, healed at a dance club, and they're like, what the, what's happening? And they're like, Jesus loves you, man. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what? And all of a sudden, the dance club turns into a church. The owner gets saved. And they start doing a church, and everybody's doing ecstasy and like having sex with each other out of wedlock. But Holy Spirit is still healing people. This is Works of Wonder Church in Sri Lanka. This is how they started. Really? And then Kirby wakes up one morning, the pastor of the whole thing, and he wakes up, and all of a sudden God's like, You need to stop taking pills. And he's like, Why? He's like, It doesn't make sense. Like, doesn't make sense of what I understand about your character. And then God said this. You're trying to get things for your pills that you're supposed to get from me. And all of a sudden he's like, oh my goodness, and his conscience is like, Aww. dunk, and like he's like locked in with this revelation. And he tells his girlfriend, Fiona, and she's like, Oh are going we have to stop getting pills. And then all and then like and then one at a time, and then all of a sudden everybody in this this church, this club, this this <laughs> nightclub. By the way, he was in a gang gun toting, like, this gang was really intense all of a sudden they all get saved, it's like really funny, and then all of a sudden God starts moving in this body of believers. And what the new believer does, it shakes us out of our self-righteousness. And it removes the filter that we think Christianity is about morality and right and wrong.
2: Yeah,
0: It really does. Because it's all about the grace of God and us being reconciled with God forever. That's what this is about. (laughs) Not about what laws and what rules we have kept and what we haven't. Sure, we're going to be rewarded for the things that we do and punished for the things that we don't. But where does our punishment go? The cross, Jesus. Of course. God's standard hasn't changed. He just changed the direction and location of where His judgments went. They're still there, hot and burning and furious. Father, why have you forsaken me? That's that's what happened. There. It's amazing, incredible. Freaking awesome. So so for all you evangelists It's coming You're, like, I, I believe that there's a grace Coming upon this region for evangelism That has been pushed down by niceties And political correctness And the lie that we believe That the reason why people hate Christians Is because evangelism has been done wrong uh-huh. They were cutting our heads off And we were doing it great Can I just say that? There's nothing to do With what the world is telling you Is the problem it just isn't. I mean, sure, those John 3.16 peeps, but there's like 128 people in Westboro Baptist. And they're all the dude's family. Just because CNN tells you it's indicative of Christianity doesn't mean that it is. You don't need to respond and let CNN and MSNBC like start the conversation with you, and all of a sudden you have to be in it. You have to just ignore the whole thing. It has nothing to do with spirit. It's flesh. It doesn't even matter that there's people still in downtown Sacramento right now protesting. It doesn't even matter. Really, it doesn't. None of those protesters could give you a solid that they're actually hoping that this solves on a policeman-to-policeman basis. If you don't know, um, another black man was shot in Sacramento three nights ago, um, and this whole thing happened, and he like he robbed a house, robbed another house. These two people called the police. They finally got this deal with, with the helicopter and everything. It's at night. These police are there. This dude there with a the, put-your-hands-up, and he has his phone, and he's doing this. He's holding his phone. And they thought that it was a gun because it was dark. They shot him. They killed him. Now... There was six police officers, and each one of them fired um, two or three rounds at the same time. So now they're like, 20 bullets, really? It's like, it's this whole intense situation. So, but, but you have like body cams and, and all the things you can hear and everything. And now the conversation is now, they're trying to triangulate it. See, we need to get rid of guns. What? First of all, those are police. That the second one is this. See, policemen kill black men. Yeah, policemen also kill white men. Policemen kill also kill Mexican men. But the the overwhelming conversation is, no, but there's more black men being killed by police. Actually, there isn't. There's actually more white men being killed. Mm-hmm. But there's no political currency in that. Yeah. There's no deep-seated hurt and wounding and bitterness and deep emotion that you can move for your political gains in that. There isn't. Yeah, there's racist people, even racist white police. Yes. How on earth would you possibly vet that? Do you just get rid of the police department? Just make sure that white people can't be police anymore? There's no logical way to do this because it's flesh. And so yesterday, the, the protesters, somebody was walking by them, and they started chanting to the police, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. Because the accusation is you guys are murderous thugs that want to kill anybody at any, at any cost. So what does the police department do? Do they get onto that line of thinking and like try to justify themselves? No. They just keep being police. Just like my brother-in-law. Just like two of my friends who love Jesus and love people. And they're taking all of this hatred and all of this judgment and they're taking it. And they're taking it. Those protesters, they do nothing to help the police that are doing it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not doing anything to prevent the police that don't do it right from being evil. Mm-hmm. All this is doing is it's expelling the rebellious anger, accusation, and hatred that has actually been fueled. I would say that any racial movement lately has it helped or hurted race relations. I can tell you right now that a year and a half ago, two years ago, like three years ago especially, and, and before. If I'm walking down the street and there's someone that's African American, I'm not thinking they're African American. I'm actually looking into them. I'm like, I'm like, God, what are you doing with that? Like, oh, what's going on with that? Who, who's this person? Now you know what I'm thinking? Man, I wonder if they're the offended or the not offended. I wonder if now they've they've eaten so much of that offense that now they there's a there's a barrier created between them and them. That's what I'm thinking now. But you know what? There's nothing to do with God saying. God's not saying any of that. Even if they've eaten so much of that food, it's poisonous. It's okay. Even if that's the case, you know what? My job is to try to look past it. And some feel more comfortable because it's 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 a when you're bitter, you want other people to feel what you're feeling. It's called the sin of wrath. And I just I just want to say this that the conversation that's manufactured for you to try to justify yourself, the minute you justify yourself, you prove somebody right that's accusing you. Immediately. See, you're just defending yourself. You're justifying yourself. But that's not what's happening, actually. What's actually happening is you know that your desire is to love and to protect and to hope for the best and to honor everyone around you. Even if you're not "quote unquote" good at it yet, it's your desire, and guilt and shame never have a place in that, ever. Every police that policeman that has shot unnecessarily or even violently, maliciously, someone is in jail right now, maliciously. Every single one of them. That we could do something. The ones that are like in the good old boy states, those things are different. That's actually like a whole other thing. It's a principality. It gets weird. L.A., it's, it's, it's one of the most corrupt places besides New Orleans. But to turn that into a, a, a national epidemic, it's, it's regional. There's, there's regions that, that have this issue more than others. You know what I would say? Pray for those regions. Pray for those regions. Do it. This is really important. Because some of you don't even know why there's riots happening in Sacramento. Some of you didn't even know there was riots happening in Sacramento. They literally shut down the freeway. They did And blocked the, it consisted the
2: Kings game
0: as we were trying to get into Yeah, they tried to go to a Kings game and they couldn't because they were blocking the entrance. And guess what? Every single media outlet that loves to pray, and I use that word very deliberately, on the emotional state To actually get political points, to move people over to the opinions that they want you to have because they can get you to be afraid, angry, offended, and wrathful, and hopeless all at the same time. If they can get you to feel that, they can move you wherever they want you to move. They just have to word a certain thing a certain way. That's it. If you've noticed, none of you can read anything in the the newspapers that will tell you what Trump has done right. Because all the newspapers are owned by Democrats. (laughs) Um, I'm just saying this because I'm I'm almost done here. I know I'm all over the place, but this is good. This is really important. So um, I keep getting this stack of newspapers put on my porch by the Epic Times. And um, this is the only newspaper that's global that actually won't print an Associated Press article. The only one. And Associated Press is run by nine people. And they're all in the same political spectrum. And they're all about fear. And they're all about this very thing I've been talking about. But that's the Associated Press. This newspaper won't print that. And this newspaper is owned by Chinese Americans. They, they, they're saying, we only have one bias, and that's anything that leads to communism. So ostensibly, they're, they're conservative. Because they're like, we see what communism did to our own country. And they run the Epic Times. This is in Paris, Hong Kong, um, London, New York, L.A. It's like all these different places. And I get a free stack every week. From them because I told them that I pastor a church and I would love to somehow tell people about you guys' newspaper. Now you know what? We love that. We're just gonna send you a stack of 40 every single week. And so, um, uh, every week I get a stack of 40, and they're gonna be right up next to that door. And I'm telling you though, if only like five or six could take it every week, I'm just gonna tell them to stop. But they're free, they're usually two dollars, it's like a regular mag it's like a regular newspaper.
2: Washington Post or whatever.
0: What's yeah. the sort of content? Sort of, I mean, it's, it's, you would say, I mean, it's news. It's like, but it's all around the world. Yeah, I mean, you have like world news, national news. Um, this is the United States edition, so it's going to be more about domestic, and it's going to, usually has an entire printout on China every single time. They're like just talking about all the problems in China usually. But, um, but they have really amazing things, and uh, you'll hear at least the other side. That's really the point. You'll just hear the other side. Instead of, like, because what happens when you hear the other side, the anxiety goes down. Oh, <laughs> these things, oh, Jack, if, you, if, if you're being tempted with it. Just the other side, it's good. It's still worldly. I mean, it's still, like, news. You know, like, what is Trump doing right? <laughs> um, not just Trump, but I'm just saying, like, what, what is America doing that's actually good? Like, maybe we're not the most evil, like, people group on planet Earth compared, like, like according to just about every other media outlet. It's like a bunch of spoiled kids hating their parents that give them everything. It's like amazing. It's like you give me all these things and all these things and I hate you. I'm gonna try to burn this freaking house down. Right? Okay. And so um. She's laughing. I think it's hilarious. And so. Um, but really, and so um. At a certain point, like you know the hypocrisy of the flesh. You're like, I made the mistake last week, I got all this anxiety from it at the end, but I was going on YouTube on YouTube, and going to all the Al Jazeera videos about like anti-American immigration, but they're paid for by Al-Qatar money. And I'm like, I wonder what Al-Qatar's immigration policy is. And I'm just like, the people that fund you, they literally imprison people for life for coming in without a passport. And you're like sitting over here being like, America sucks. know, you're like, what are we talking about? So, um, anyway, current events, I just wanted to end with that. Um, then I'm going to come back in to, ta- to sew everything up that I've preached about. But here's some newspapers. If you guys want one, grab one. And after we're all done or whatever, you know, just freak out. And there's two different stats. So we'll do this. This is this week's, and that is last week's. It'll mean, be good. All right. So, Lord, I'm just, I'm just going to pray real quick. And then we're going to do communion. And then, you know, uh, after that, who knows what's going to happen. Just hang out, love people. Yeah, Okay, Lord God, right now, I just want to bring it all back. These next three weeks, we invite you in. We invite you to take all of our, of our will and our decisions and all those things, and, and you would just take them all into your hands, and then we would just relinquish all of them and just say, God, you know more than us. You care about us more than we care about us. You have better plans for us than we have for ourselves. You love us more than we could ever love ourselves. And so these next three weeks, whatever you want to pull out of us, whatever you want to show us, whatever you want to grow in us, whatever you want to do around us and in us and through us, we give you permission to do it. Take us higher, Lord. Take us into the heights so we could see the macro. All the offense we have against you, all the offense we have against others, and how unsafe we feel in the middle of the safest place on earth, which is inside of your embrace. That you would line all that up with truth, you show us what's really happening, and you just give us a boost, a nice little power boost up forward in these next three weeks. No shame, no condemnation. You don't even use that stuff. It's against what you do. So Lord, I just ask that you would bless us these next three weeks and you would do what you do best. You love to take the broken and wounded and hard things of the world and make them new and soft again. Make us new and soft. Take all of it. Take all of it. Anything you want to do. Anything you want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My life for yours. My life for yours. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Okay. We're going to let the kids out. We got some... um, (coughs) We can chill. I want to do some communion. I don't mind if the kids are in here, it would be kind of awesome if they, they did it. Uh, so we have two people that will hold the communion? Okay, you? Anybody else? Great. Okay, and just uh, hang out like right here. And then you can hang out right here. And then, um, you guys, to so get up, and we're going to take communion. We're going to do this. It's so good.